This Devar Torah should be for a full Shalema for Ehud ben Yospa. Something very perplexing happens in this week's Parsha. Very famous, the beginning of the Parsha, the Malachim are visiting Avraham, and they want to inform him that he's going to have a child with Sarah. And they tell him he's, that Sarah and Avraham, they're going to have a child. Sarah's nearby, she hears it. And famously, Sarah laughs. She says, I'm old now, and I'm, I'm going to have, you know, with my husband, I'm going to be able to procreate with my husband now? No way. And she doesn't say no way. But according to the Pshat, it seems like that's what she's saying. It seems like she's in shock, in disbelief. There's no way it's possible. So Hashem turns to Avram, he says, Lama why, why did Sarah laugh? Is anything beyond the realm of possibility? I'm the Rabbanu Shalom, I can, I can make it happen. It comes along Rav Yitzchak Breidowitz and he explains, wait a minute. Avram was told by Hashem in last week's Parsha, after the bris Mila, that he's going to have a son with Sarah. If you was told in last week's Parsha, now, listen, we're all, to everyone who's married over here, you know, it's going to come a few times when there's something important that we're told or that we were made aware of as husbands. And we neglect to tell our wives sometimes. We forget. That's something that happens. And the wife, our wives say, oh, how can you not tell me this? How can you not tell me? But imagine if Hashem comes to you in a nevuah and He tells you you're going to have a child. I think it's something that you're probably going to immediately tell your wife. It's not something that you're going to gloss over. Do you think that in last week's Parsha, when after Avram has had the bris, is it possible that he told his wife what Hashem told him then? In other words, is this new information for Sarah? Possibly not. Comes along the Orachayim HaKadosh and he confirms it. Sarah did know, according to the Orachayim. She knew before the Malachim told Avraham, she knew that she was going to have a child because according to the Orachayim, Avraham told her what Hashem told him. So why did Sarah laugh, according to the Orachayim? The exact same reason that Avraham laughed. Out of joy. Out of pure joy, she was so happy. Unbelievable. And when she said, am I now going to be able to be with my husband at this old age? She was saying that out of, out of wonderment. She was expressing, wow, unbelievable that I'm going to be able to do this. Hashem is barach, unbelievable. Okay, fine. So then why are the malachim and why is Hashem critical of her? If, all, if she's only expressing joy, is she, is she any different than Avram? Avram laughed too out of joy. So what's the problem? Comes along Arachayim and he says, the difference between Sarah laughing and Avram laughing is that Avram laughed as soon as God told him the prophecy that he was going to have a son with Sarah. Sarah laughed only when she saw the physical changes in her body. Chazal say that at the time when she laughed, she had already seen physical changes in her body. She had already begun menstruating. So she already saw that her body was changing. And then when she overheard the Malachim talking, telling Avraham that she's going to have a, have a son, which was, which was that confirmation, only then did she laugh out of joy. She didn't laugh out of joy when Avraham told her what Hashem told him. So when the Malachim are asking, why is she laughing? They're really asking, why is she only laughing now? Why not when Avraham told her? Why didn't she laugh then? Avraham only needed the divine promise. But Sarah needed the physical confirmation. Yes, Hashem's promise was great, but it wasn't until she saw the physical changes, until she saw the promise materialize, only then did she express joy and comfort and calmness. But for someone who has bitachon, true bitachon, God's promises 
are as real, if not more real, than the promise actually materializing and being actualized in, in the physical world. And I think this idea is expressed beautifully in the Yadid Nefesh Piyut that we say twice on Shabbos. I don't know if Svartim do it, but Ashkenazim do it before Kabbalah Shabbos. And we say Yadid Nefesh by the third meal, by Shal Shittis. And Yadid Nefesh was written by Rav Elazar Azikiri in the 16th century. He was a major Kabbalist. And his magnum opus, his main work was Sefer Haredim, which I believe is where he wrote Yadid Nefesh. It appears in that Sefer. And it's a very deep Sefer. And Yadid Nefesh is extremely deep and difficult to understand. And it's, most of it is completely beyond my comprehension. If anyone knows of any commentary on, on Yadid Nefesh, please let me know. Um, but writes Rav Azikiri, Nafshi choylas avasecha. My soul is sick for your love. Why nafshi? Why my soul? Why didn't Rav Azikiri just say, I'm sick for your love, Hashem? Because we know we're made up of a guf and a neshama, and while our physical body may not be yearning for, for Hashem, to feel Hashem's presence, our souls are always reaching upwards, always reaching towards Hashem. And then he writes, Ana keelna refanala. Please, Hashem, heal my soul now. By the beauty, by the pleasantness of your radiance, of your glow. Please, heal me now. Heal my soul. Why noam zivecha and not just zivecha? Why noam, pleasant, the pleasantness of your radiance? What, you're, are you implying, Rav Azikiri, that Hashem's radiance isn't inherently pleasant and isn't always pleasant? The answer I might suggest is Yes. But sometimes we don't always feel it. There's distractions during the week, responsibilities and things that we have to do, that, that we have to do really, but might, might distract us from our ideal mental state of being calm, of the Vekas to Hashem, of being able to focus on those things. And, and during the week, we can't, sometimes we're distracted. We don't always focus on those things. But on Shabbos, we have the opportunity and we're able to feel the Noam. We're able to feel the pleasantness, the calm, the serenity, the Ava. Then writes Rav Azikiri, Az tizchazek. Then, after experiencing the Noyam Zivecha on Shabbos, I'm going to be strengthened, I'm going to be revitalized, and I'm going to be zochet to have Simchas Olam, eternal gladness, which is usually a reference to Olam Haba, Simchas Olam, gladness forever. But what if we were to translate it as Simchas Olam, as gladness in the Olam, in this world? That in this world we're going to experience the Yishuv Adas. In this world we're going to have Simcha. We're going to laugh no matter what. Because we know that we have the best friend, the best guarantor, the best provider that we can ever ask for, the Rabbana Shalom. So on Shabbos really it's, it's a tremendous opportunity. As Shabbos is getting closer and closer, we can take the opportunity to understand the idea that's being expressed, that's being taught to us by Avram and Sarah in this week's Parsha. The idea... That we don't need to see anything actualized in the physical world. Because we don't have to have this and we don't have to have that. All we need is to know that Hashem is guaranteed to take care of us. We're not going to go hungry. We're not going to go without the things that we need. Hashem is always giving us the things that we need. And with that said, if we internalize this idea, if we take the time this Shabbos to disconnect from everything else other than the Vegas Hashem, we'll be able to have Simcha Soylem. We're going to have Simchas Olam in Olam Haba, but we're going to have Simchas Olam in this world, Bezras Hashem. So everybody should have an amazing, holy Shabbos to experience the Noam Zivecha. Have an amazing Shabbos.